Welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make the Elm City tick. See, click, fix keeps New Haven ticking. It keeps cities around the country and the world ticking as well. We told you all about them last week. See, click, fix is a New Haven-based company that enables citizens to post complaints about their cities or counties online, have other cities add their so citizens add their voices, then have officials respond and often fix the problem. Our great homegrown company is now changing the world. So See Click Fix makes the news and in some ways is the news, 21st City News in Urban America. And today they've come back in the studio, a whole crew, because we're going to launch See Click Fix Radio, where you're going to get updates about New Haven, about other cities, and also hear from people in government who are using See Click Fix to make our cities better. And what better city to start with than the city of New Haven? So we're joined in the studio by Caroline Smith and Ben Berkowitz of C-Click Fix. And we have Kathy Hurley from the Department of Public Works and Ethan Hutchings from the Transportation Department that actually officially has a much longer name from the city of New Haven. So welcome, everybody. And we do have to mention that today's program was made possible in part thanks to support from Yale New Haven Hospital. Now on to the news. Caroline and Ben, what top stories are we working on looking at in New Haven today? Excellent. So uh, here we are with C-Click Fix Radio. It looks like a traffic signal slash pedestrian signal uh, has been reported at 175 Olive Street in New Haven, Connecticut, here in the lovely Worcester Square. And the light at Olive and State does not turn green uh, from Olive to Grove. Yesterday, it took over five minutes to get a green light. This morning, it never changed. And people were running the red light across State Mm. Street Five lanes of traffic, and it was incredibly dangerous. This is uh, reported by a concerned commuter, and it was reported about two hours ago. It looks like uh, SPF 614. That's a strong SPF. I don't know if that's the (laughs) acronym that uh, we're we're using here. But uh, I reported this same issue a few months ago. Uh, They said they'd fixed it, but it's still a problem almost every time I go through that intersection. This type of thing is one of the most frustrating parts of living in New Haven. So we hear some real uh, civic uh, concern here. Now, this is because down where you and I live, Ben, in Westville, there's that light at Yale and Edgewood. Mm-hmm. And that for months at a time, if you're coming back from downtown, mm-hmm. going past the, the um, Parks Department office there on Yale, it wouldn't turn at night. That's right. And you had to figure which law you were going to break. Right. Were you going to go right on red when there's no right on red sign and then turkle back in a U where you can actually run the light? And then I noticed that it was on C-Click Fix for a while, and it did eventually get fixed. Yeah. Now, is that a problem here? Is there some underlying problem, Ben, with some traffic sensors or older technology that the sensors aren't being picked up? I, You know, I, we, we have an expert here from Traffic and Parking who probably speak better to this than I can. Um, but certainly, there, I think there is concern, right, uh, that maybe some of our traffic signals are not as responsive to vehicles, cyclists, and pedestrians in the ways... Uh, that we and might sometimes there are certain today. particular ones that are out for a long time and have to be fixed a lot. Well, we have Ethan Hutchins. Ethan, do you know anything about that? Well, there's, uh, there's always a process working on traffic with the uh, traffic signals in the city. But what I mean is sometimes certain signals have a problem, right? No? Yeah, certain signals have a, have a, do have a problem in the city. I think that... Um, Okay, that's okay. That's okay. So, but so, so yeah, I think. I mean, I, the, I think you know, underlying the traffic signals are sensors in the road. Uh, some of them sense when a vehicle has approached them. There's 
uh, of course, concerns, um, you know, for cyclists, if you can't trip a sensor based on your weight, um, that, that doesn't work. So this one at Safety and Olive has been a problem. Right. And when was this posted? So this was just posted two hours ago, and then the, the follow-up comment was posted about 22 minutes and ago. And who was the follow-up comment from? Uh, SPF614, so another citizen. And, mm-hmm. and the city, um, you know, this is just recently reported, so there's no city response yet. But a few uh, few other people have actually voted on the issue as well. Already. So people are noticing this. Yeah. This is... Uh, That's it, a hairy intersection. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It's right near our office. I'm, I walk by it. Uh-huh. Uh, it is. It's complex. It's a challenge. If, if I could, if I could speak a little bit, I, you guys caught me off a little, a little bit off guard. But uh, so, I I work for the traffic and parking department, and I work. I've been working with Seaquick Fix since since you guys first started here in the city, and uh, I work as a city employee for the. Plus, I uh, I work with Seaquick Fix. Um, employee city city of new haven uh, we have a team where we work on c-click fix and we try and make it uh, we try and work on building its building its capacity within the city and uh mm-hmm. so in terms of being able to respond to issues that relate directly to my department those kinds of issues can be are best responded by the people who actually manage the signals i manage the workflow process for the department. Okay. So, so what else? What other news stories are you are C Click Fix working on in New Haven, Caroline, at this hour? Perfect. So a little bit different. There's looks like there's an illegal dumping issue reported at 113 East Pearl Street. So talking Fairhaven now. Exactly. A little What's description. Going on there? Uh, the parking lot on Grand and East Pearl is totally out of control, looking like a major dump site. Please send people in a truck to clean up this mess as it looks disgusting and is a health hazard. One wonders who these people are that are really dumping on their neighborhoods and their neighborhoods. Now, so, is this uh, by the commercial strip, you think? You know where that bar <laughs> is and everything? There's uh, a little, there's a little uh, set of stores there. I, guess Kathy heard. I was going to say, keep reading because mm-hmm. Paul Wessel has been involved, mm. too. It's gotten to be a real neighborhood activist. Response. And is this where the stores are? Okay, so it's a little shot. It's almost like a mini suburban stopping center type set of stores there with the bar there. And so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say they also need to put lighting in. And that too is discussed. That the, the neighborhood really joined together and approached the city as you read through. It's happened before. It's a site. So Kathy Hurley from active. Public Works is all on top of this. So what, what else you what else we have on the story, Caroline? Totally no Kathy is hitting the nail on the head. Looks like there are a lot of comments here from Blockwatch eight fifty two. Um, this dumping occurs on such a regular basis. Some construction dumping was just cleaned up last week. Interesting. And now there's an old toilet, many black plastic bags of junk. Now the an toilet old might come in bag. handy because people coming out of the wow. bar at one or two in the morning. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah, and also in the city still owns so this. So the tea off cafe could be the pee off. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's just uh, it, clearly people are in- incredibly passionate about this issue. Uh, another another reporter. Um, Comments, Tech 75. I posted at least twice about the trash in this lot. I've also posted about the broken curbing. That work order is over 120 days old. This city is responsive about picking up the trash when notified, but needs to be uh, be done regarding this particular eyesore. Now, this is a private lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a city parking lot. Yeah, Paul, it's it reminds city me. Owned. Oh, it's city-owned. A lot of the illegal dumping issues are very complex. You have several city departments that have to deal with it. LCI has cleaned 
And then the neighborhood has taken the responsibility of following it and informing when there's something else that's off. So, Caroline, we have a lot of citizen reporters on this story. When did this thread start? It started, let's see, it was reported on the 9th. Um, okay. And the comments were also all on the night. So, as like well. with the traffic light, so Fairhaven's worried about this thing. Is there any official comment up in there? Any official response comment? response from the city on this? Um, looks like not yet, but I, I would be curious, Kathy, if you were to respond, what would you say? Yeah, Kathy well, Hurley from the Department of Public Works. So you're aware of this. You've seen this on C Click Fix. Yes, actually, that's probably there was a batch last year too. Yeah. So the neighborhood's involved, and LCI has really been the, the department that has been going out and cleaning. So it's a public parking lot owned outside some stores where people are dumping from other locations like construction. So you mentioned LCI, which is New Haven's Livable City Initiative. It's the Neighborhood Anti-Blight Agency. So it sounds like the two of you work together on this. We work together on many issues. Illegal dumping impacts at least five departments. So it's that coordination, which we've and been And you go doing. you clean up the lots, but do you find who dumped them? Do you, do, do you find, find any telltale signs, any clues about who was the crook? Uh, sometimes we have activists out in the neighborhood who will provide information. But unless we literally catch people doing it, it's hard to, especially something like that, when you have so many people involved. In Is there surveillance video at the plaza? It's a good question. You have to ask the all right, we'll ask the police that. Yeah. Caroline and Ben, do we have any other stories from New Haven to see Click Fix? Uh, another, let's see, looks like we got another traffic signal slash uh, pedestrian signal reported this time by Mafuz uh, about an hour ago. Uh, and this is at 97, uh, one, to 97 Hamilton Street in New Haven. It's a left turn arrow is much needed for traffic turning left onto Hamilton onto the I-91 ramp at rush hour. During lunch and frequently on weekends. Vehicles attempting to turn at Hamilton's intersection with Ives get backed up for two cycles of the light because of heavy traffic. Two cycles, that's the death cycle, right? You get two <laughs> cycles, that's considered broken. Yeah. Tony Hart once said, you know, I care a lot about what people are saying about traffic in the city. We don't want a lot of tires, but boy, go to Atlanta, go to Pittsburgh. Believe me, you yeah. guys are not sitting in a lot of traffic. But yeah, great point. Every point cares. And this matters. We don't want to miss two cycles at Ives Place when we're getting onto I-91 where we can zoom out of the city, right? And we can always be better, right? Yes, we can always yeah. do better. And this is why. That's a Continuous self-improvement. So, the, And when was this posted, Ben? So this was just po posted an hour ago. No one's commented on it yet. There are two votes. Um, two votes already. But yeah. So now that's an interesting place because that highway was built there in the 60s, I believe, that tore mm. up Wooster Square. So the part... To the west of it remained residential with the beautiful square and, and the businesses. And then on the other side it became industrial. Yeah. And there's an I there's an I ninety one exit and entrance ramp there that only goes one way. You don't That's get right. it coming back from the north. You're coming up from the south. You either came off of ninety five and you're going north, or you came from New York direction coming north. And I guess they're I, they're closing a bunch, a bunch of factories there have actually closed. But yeah, they're what it sounds like from this person, which we didn't know, and maybe the traffic department likes to know, is that there's still enough traffic that it's backed up there if you're trying to go left across it. And I, I predict that this is going to continue to be an area of high volume in the future. The city's done a phenomenal job of creating this kind of Mill River district brand uh, for that area because when factories go out of business and you do end up with these kind of no-man land 
Well, the big you end up with opportunity. The elephant too. there is the old clock factory. That's right. So you go right past Ives mm. and toward Grand Avenue, and that's like a mini city. That's and right. They've been trying to redevelop that for many years. The people who own it are sitting on it, won't sell. The cities are trying to get him to sell it. They've had different plans for twelve years at least. And then you have Ball I'm... Island with the uh, retired power plant, uh-huh. uh, which you know is of course in. Um, the play, but now that UI right. is going to clean it up, they kicked their butt finally with they want to let them merge with the Spanish company. So yeah. one question I would have, especially for Ethan and Kathy, is like clearly this, even this one particular issue has a lot of history behind it, as we're hearing right now. And I'm curious how, as one that is has a, a little bit more of a kind of structural, foundational sort of potential, the sort of like long-term fixing component to it, how do you guys address that? How do you do, how do you communicate to the citizen with an issue like this? You know, the kind of broader long-term plans to address them well in regards to the specific issue first uh just just to be clear they're they're requesting for a, a green a green arrow yeah so it says a left turn arrow is much needed so right. yeah that's right. right so that's <clears throat> currently one does not exist right yeah so uh so relating to that specific request uh the process that we 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 have in the for the department and for any of any requests that where a citizen is requesting something that doesn't already exist, especially with traffic signals. Traffic si- signals are an incredibly expensive, um, high maintenance uh, system that you know the department has to that the, the department something like a quarter across. million dollars a pop. I think right? that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, if there's already an existing signal, obviously, like maybe the cost wouldn't be as high, or if it's an outdated signal, maybe the cost is just as high. It right. Depends upon depends upon the location and the equipment that's out there. Um, but in terms of requesting something like this, we do have the complete streets process. So we utilize the complete streets process to to try and manage those more, those heavier requests that come in where we actually have to do improvements Potentially improvements on the on the infrastructure on the existing infrastructure. This is a good segue here because we had our news report, and the reason we have you two folks in here today, Kathy Hurley from the Department of Public Works and Ethan Hutchings from the Transportation Department, that actually has a much longer name, is because you two are were early adopters and are active adopters of C Click Fix. You work for the City of New Haven. You work for departments where people have a lot of complaints. How often do you folks read C Click Fix? How often is it on your computer or on your phone? Every day. Every day. But I mean like yeah. twice a day, five times a day? Probably um, once in the morning. About 30% of my time is spent on C-Click. 30% of your time. And what do you do when you hear about, for instance, this, that people are now dumping again in the lot in Fairhaven and East Grand Avenue? What do you do next when you see that on C-Click Fix? Besides uh, trying to figure out if it's a particular departmental issue, or whether we reach out behind the scenes, I do a lot of this, reach out to other departments, whether it's police, whether it's LCI, whoever it is, and try to figure out an interdepartmental response. So, for instance, will you be the person who goes back on C-ClickFix to report what you're doing about it? Yes. So you're one of the regular um, news reporters on C-ClickFix. And I was very impressed, Kathy, when they... when. Uh, Ben and Caroline were telling us the news that you knew right away the name of a citizen who'd been involved in it. You knew that last year you were involved in that lot. It sounds like you're really on top of it and Secret Fix is keeping you in real time there. I am, and Ethan is too. We are very involved because I'll admit I'm a social activist from the 60s and I saw the potential of Secret Fix personally. 
not just in terms of uh, governmental response. And what what were you doing in the 60s? <laughs> what were you marching for? Can't talk about it. No. <laughs> it was the era of the Vietnam War out on the green in New Haven. So, But what I love is the different neighborhood activists who are also realizing that a particular entity like the city can't do everything that people have to jump aboard. You mentioned that. You mentioned about how the neighbors helped do some of the cleanup too or help keep an eye out for who might have mm. been dumping there. I'm interested in the trajectory of someone who marched against the war and believed in, I'm getting a lot of trouble here. Believe yeah, me, it's not, you're right. not in trouble. It's Martin Luther <laughs> King Day care. next week. Okay, <laughs> But you're someone who believed in activism and calling on government and you're seeing C-Click Fix now that you're inside government as a tool to help make that kind of change happen. Back in the 60s, were you guys thinking about trash dumping were you thinking because i mean we made fun of littering with alice's restaurant right that became right. an anthem right. to make fun of cops who wanted to get people who were littering do you think that this is an updated notion about how citizens make a change in their world i do i do but i think also the technology has changed so radically i mean in the 60s this wasn't even conceivable and i think that it became a it's a real digital communications piece I see it from that point of view as a tool to be able to communicate with people within your neighborhood, within the city, and see what's really pressing, you know. Now, Ethan, how many hours a day are you on C-Click Fix, if you had to estimate? I would say between an hour and two hours a day. But how many times are you clicking on? I'm, I'm constantly clicking. You know, it's, it's hard to estimate because I'll go on in the morning. I'll check and see what's open, what's, what's, uh, what's. You know, if it's been acknowledged, uh, you know, where in the process um, are, are we with that particular issue? Um, and then I'll move on to other things and I'll go back and look again. Um, and are you also the person like Kathy who goes back on and says, here's what we're doing about it? Yes. So are you going to be going on C-Click Fix today and saying, hey, folks, we have a program called Complete Streets where neighbors tell us where they want stuff fixed and then we bring them all together and we look at your application and we make a priority every year? Yes. I mean... What's yes. going to happen in the meantime with that lot at, um, I mean, with that intersection at Olive and, and uh, State? The the traffic signal? Uh, at, well, at for, Hamilton, is that the one you're yeah. the one we were just No, no, about? not the one about the left-hand turn. I'm so, talking about the other one. So that one sounds like a timing issue to me. So what, what we do is we look at that, we look at the history of that. So I'll, I'll, I can, the beauty of C-Click Fix is, is the communication component, like what, what, you know, what Kathy was just saying. So I, I can go on and see the history of that signal, and I can say, okay, you know, how many times has this occurred, and you know how many times this particular issue, a timing issue, has occurred, and then <clears throat> follow up with the uh, the guys, the crews on on my end, and say, you know, we need to we need to look at this issue and uh, you know examine it further if needed. If it's a one time issue, then it's usually just a very quick response. Um, that we that I send off to the crews to go take a look at, but uh, like how soon do you think it'll be that you'll be finding out if there's a sensor problem there? Uh, as soon as soon as I acknowledge the issue, really, what happens is we acknowledge the issue. It creates another work order. We have a we have another system, a, man, a software work order software management system that we use to to um, further delineate the issue. And so, as soon as I acknowledge the issue and see click fix, it creates a work order. In uh, in Viochi, which is what we use, and uh, and then we we you know we go the guys go out and they get a schedule and they get told to go out and check out the signal. So it's it's very quick. 
You're listening to Dateline New Haven at WNHH. We're doing C-Click Fix Radio today, giving you news from New Haven and around the country and North America about what citizens are, want to, are worried about in their cities, what they want fixed, and how it's going. We're talking to Caroline Smith and Ben Berkowitz of C-Click Fix. And here in the studio, we also have Kathy Hurley and Ethan Hutchings from the city of New Haven, people who are on C-Click Fix every day and, um, and report the news. Now, we're going to go back for another news report from where are we going in Georgia now, Ben? We're going to go to Macon, Bibb County, home of uh, the city of Macon. And uh, I'll kick it off. Um, it looks like the first issue reported here uh, is a garbage and cart replacement request. Uh, and it's at 777 St. Andrews Drive in Macon, Georgia. Oh, they have St. Andrew too, like we do here, and they have it in Amalfi. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, uh, Macon is definitely a kindred spirit to New Haven. There's a, there's a lot of similarities in the size of the community, uh, also um, in the demographic makeup of the community, and and I think it's it's uh, collective aspirations for uh, uh, a future that is, I think, similar to was, what New Haven was. Wasn't Newt Gingrich from that county? I don't know. I, I, I don't most, follow Newt that the, closely. The most defense contracts at a time when he's calling for shutting down the federal government? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so what else is going on in Macon? Uh, so uh, you'll see a number of these kind of recycling bin and cart requests as you go down the list. And Macon, they, um, I joke around that potholes are the gateway drug to civic engagement. In Macon, it is certainly recycling bin requests that are the gateway drug. Uh the mayor's office has made a real push around letting residents know that when their trash is missed or if they need a bin, they need to use the application for it. And, and Macon's done a very good job at expanding the number of request types kind of month by month that citizens uh, can request from the city as a way to kind of test the boundaries so of the, the system. So when the citizens in Macon go on C-Click Fix, are they presented with a menu of request types? They are. Yeah, and then absolutely. you work with that government to describe them. That's exactly And you're right. finding that the government there wants to have a lot of different kind of complaints they can respond to. That's right. That's what, right. what generates a, a, a problem with a lot of people not having their bins? Are they getting stolen? I, You know, I actually don't know that. Do you know the answer to that? Why it's such a... I, maybe they just rolled out a re new recycling program. That oh, may be. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Exactly. So and now remember. they've distributed, I think, over 500 trash and recycling bins, which, speaking of collective aspirations, that's a really big one. But 500 bins isn't a lot. Uh, based on individual requests, mm -hmm. so that's pretty substantial, oh, right? Outside mm -hmm. of the regular I mean, process. Oh, everybody already got them, and that is a oh, lot, yeah. Right. yeah. And they did that through C-Click Fix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys are doing well for the recycling bin industry. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> Caroline, do we have any other news at this hour from Macon Bibb mm -hmm. County in Georgia? Mm -hmm. It looks like they're... About six minutes ago, there was a public works street and asphalt request at 3899 Veal Road in Macon, Georgia. Resident is requesting for asphalt to be placed at the base of the driveway. There is current gravel there, and it's causing problems for their vehicle going up the hill of the driveway. Interesting. I want to get back to that when we get back to Ethan and um, Caroline. I should, I should tell you, uh, one of our favorite municipal employees um, outside of of course, the two in this room is a, a woman named Denise in uh, Macon Bib, who is, uh, I would say, Kathy and Ethan's uh, counterpart there. Um, and Denise uh, will take your calls uh, in the city of Macon and enter your requests into C-Click Fix. Her voice is so uh, familiar to certain residents that she has actually been called out in a Walmart uh, from an aisle away as <laughs> C-Click Fix. Is that you? Right? Wow. Yeah. We should have her on sometime. Uh, so that relationship that, you know, they're building between city officials and the visibility of, of government officials in Macon, I think, is Well, it's really interesting to me the way that people actually, they like to hate government until <laughs> they meet it. And then when they actually work with government, they really like it. People right. get so excited about knowing they're, 
in our city, the LCI neighborhood representative or if Doug House Lane and transit guys in some neighborhood actually working with them on the bike lane, except for a few cranky people who think it's still the suburbs. But everyone else is like, oh, I've actually met this guy and we're doing it. And and it's kind of fun, the kind of positive view you can have a government when you're fixing a problem. Well, and I, another thing that really should be uh, pointed out about Macon is that um, when we first started working with Macon, we worked in one, on one hand with the city uh, and on the other hand with the county. They were two different entities at the time. And Macon Bibb is one of the few examples in the United States where a county and city have merged successfully uh, and created tremendous efficiencies wow. in that, that merger, right? So when we think about regionalism and the efficiencies that come from well, this regionalism. This goes back to David Rusk's book in the 90s when he said that problems are when cities, when suburbs separate from the city and mm. government and they kind of take the, the choice real estate out of the government, That's right. of the municipal government, that you can't attack problems as well. So, That's so right. they're showing a different way down in Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. And, and by using a shared communication platform, it was certainly helpful in having officials that were once working for different employers. Do, do you and Caroline go visit together. all these other communities where you are? So I have not been to Macon Bib, though I've you met a number a of those folks yeah. in person. We Denise should has do come that. to us, yeah. which was great. I, I have made a, uh, a case that I am going to try to visit all of the skateboard parks <laughs> at all of our city partners uh, in the United States. Are you still doing the skateboarding? I, I am. Yeah. Wow. You, you ever get injuries or you yes, wear a lot of pants? all payouts? the time, constantly. Nope. Wow. Yeah. And I You're think, hardcore, man. I think what, what Denise, what the example of Denise speaks to, and of course, Kathy and Ethan as well, is Seagull Fix, not to preach the, to the converted here, is sort of this bridging of the online and the offline, right? Like how can civic technology enhance offline communication, kind of like what you were talking about, Kathy, with um, with the various Fairhaven residents who are garnering their energies together to clean up that lot. And I'd actually just love to hear a little bit more about that from you two, about how whether or not C-Click Fix has not only improved online communication, um, but also enhanced your offline communications with residents, kind of put a face to the name and various other things. I have to mention that at DPW, we have a residence unit that mm. is basically two people, three people, an intern. And what they do is answer the phone calls from residents who, uh, you know, don't have access at home to see click fix. And those people, Quentin, Felicia, Romasia, put the issues into see click fix. So just as your Denise, Quentin is well known, his voice from a lot of New Haveners. But you're right. I mean, I think neighborhoods, I'll walk around the neighborhood in the morning and get stopped by people with different issues, you know. So I like to remind people that they're capable, too, of actually solving their own issues. And I think that's where we're headed more and more as a, as a city, as a government, is to remind people it's not just a question of, people who are employed to help a particular community, but the people who live there. And C-Click-Fix gives us that. So, Kathy, when you hear about George and you hear about the recycling bin, does that ring any bells for issues you have here? Oh, too much. What happens here? How many do you distribute? Um, We do it two ways. We also have it on C-Click-Fix where we ask questions and have people respond so we can do research. We've been at it for much longer, it sounds, than Georgia. But we have... Toters stolen. We have toters lost. How much? Do people steal a lot of toters in New Haven? Um, more so from the downtown area. Truly. And what do they steal them for? I guess metal scrap. They can fill them with metal scraps and stuff and take it to a dealer. 
Oh, in essence, do they get caught? Do the police look for people who are walking around with they toters? They try. They try. Have they caught any? I don't know. But okay. I do know that see, click, fix, there are people who will go on from East Haven showing us pictures of toters that have crossed the limits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go back and collect them. Ethan, when you were listening to the part about the asphalt of the driveway, like the first thing that went off in my head was, you get to ask the government for that? Like, I want asphalt at my driveway. If I Am I allowed to go and see click fix? I mean, I'm allowed to. They're not going to shoot me. But <laughs> but does something happen if someone goes to see click fix and says, Ethan, come put asphalt on my driveway? Well, it, it, it's actually asphalt on the driveway specifically, no. I mean, you can ask for it. There's no problem with that. But um, And actually, if you're it's, connected it's, to certain people, give certain money to certain politicians and times, there have been uh, driveways and sidewalks done. Perhaps. Th- thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I'm not a part of that, you know. But no, seriously, um, you know, they can, they can, there's oftentimes that citizens get on and say, Hey, you know, can we, can you, can we do this? Can we do that? Um, and we respond, honestly, yes, you can because of, because it is, you know, a city asset or it's city responsibility or no, but this is how you, this is how you can follow up on something, you know, if, so, um, I, I do appreciate C click fix in the sense that we do, it's, it's a conduit for us. We are able to communicate with citizens and they are able to voice their opinions and voice their concerns to us whereas before you don't have that direct communication you have you know you had the phone tree really you had emails but you didn't have that you know you're really just you're it's almost like you're talking to somebody in person you're just doing it online you know and and it's and to be honest you're being watched too now because the whole public everyone who cares about that turn signal or about the non-operating signal seeing how soon you how, and your colleagues soon, are dealing with it and exactly. whether you are or not. And when I said, when I said earlier, you know, we, we respond to issues very quickly and we do, but again, you know, there's always that, there's always that process. So if an issue is more, is more layered than, than what it is, you know, what it appears to be by, by, by somebody just, you know, reporting something, it, it can, it can take a while to get through and, close out an issue to get through and resolve the problem. When you listen to Macon, do you folks think we have a good here or they have a good there? I don't, I mean, that's, you know, I think, I think we just, we, we all, we're all working to, to improve upon how, how our city functions and how we communicate with the public and, and building relationships. And I, you know, and I think every city has that challenge and every city has I would say that underlying goal to to improve upon that that relationship, and I'm really happy to be a part of that. And I, I know that Kathy is too. We're both we're we're both very very much um, we're thankful that we we get to we get to be a part of that communication process. I should note that both New Haven and Macon are in the top twenty five for twenty fifteen for cities that have fixed the most issues on cyclic fix. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd make a case that if you can't be measured at all, then you probably have a real problem. So uh-huh. even the cities that are not super high on that list are performing their work visibly and in the public. And that's the first step, um, to resolving that's a cool lot you of do rankings. What number was New Haven? I don't remember offhand, but I think Caroline's are jumping. To- oh, you got it. 13. Okay. And Macon was like eight, I think. Yeah. yeah. Eight. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're listening to Dateline New Haven, where we rank number one on WNHH for the 11 to 12 hour every day. We're doing C-Click Fix Radio, talking about what's going on in New Haven and other communities around the world. And now we're going to check in. We only have a few minutes left. 
to the latest news in New Wins- Westminster, British Columbia. We're crossing the border to uh, Canada. What are we? What are, what's the latest news there? All right. Looks like we have an issue reported of unsightly property at 160 Pembina Street. And, and you have a picture there. And what's unsightly about it? Let's see. Let's check it out. Failing structure. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like it. It's a failing structure. It looks like it's a steel structure that, uh, I don't know, it's so unsightly that it's hard to know exactly. what that was. Exactly. Lots of what do you think that is? Some trees in a rotten lot, yeah. And so what are they saying about it, Caroline? Let's see. There wasn't a description provided, but quite a few comments. So one, a new Westminster admin um, assigned the issue. So it says it's kind of showing process, uh, assigned, assigned the issue to um, the new Westminster bylaws, and then they thanked um, individuals for reporting the matter and let's see um, this issue was actually closed by the new Westminster bylaws and then reopened by a user Jason True uh, and then he also commented this issue was marked closed but is the owner going to do anything about it are they going to clean it up are are is there an estimated time um, where this garbage will be removed removed please clarify the reason why this issue was marked closed that's just, Thank I you. always wondered that about secret mm. fix like mm. government gets to say we closed it but like in this case, the citizens say, what do you mean closed? Explain right, and there's, you know, it's it's tough. That semantics tricky, right? Because in this case, we have uh, the citizen emphasizing that closed to them, of course, means that the issue is resolved. The property is not unsightly anymore. Um, and, and the, you know, one of the wonderful things I think about governments like New, Hit, New Westminster is you get an explanation for why they closed it. So here we have New Westminster bylaws responding. Normal practice is we close the issue once an order has been sent to the property owner as the process is oh, now oh, in hand really because closed. for them right but for them their job is done right and so this is an interesting challenge one so it's not closed for c-click fix it's closed for the government right but the government still has a job of following up to see whether they did it they do so that's where the citizens c-click fix come in to say they haven't done it right that's right so what else does he say there so he says orders are sent via registered mail and once picked up the owner has 10 days to comply if an order is not complied with and depending on the type of order we can hire a contractor at the property owner's expense that's similar to new haven i think with lci right yeah Yeah. if you see no action a couple of weeks reopen this issue to bring it back to our attention and we can provide an update so that's what date was that so that was on uh, january 12th that was today that was today so we're we're hoping that by january 22nd that unsightly lot in New Westminster, British Columbia is going to be cleaned up. That's right. What That's else right. are we worried about? New, I mean, some people were worried about some big issues in the State Union last night, but I think these are the real things to worry about here. Because they did say, you know, for instance, they say you're less likely, much less likely to get hurt in a terrorist attack than to die in a car accident. Yes, that is true. And that we're kind of worried backwards about what things are affecting our lives. Yeah. What's absolutely. affecting our lives in New Westminster? Uh, city tree issue was just opened uh, today. Uh, one of the cemetery trees lost a bug sick uh, big branch and there's another one hanging precariously that needs attending to uh new westminster admin has already responded uh same day new westminster admin assigned this issue to the parks department now is it a public cemetery i mean oh, that's a good question i don't know the answer to that um but but one would assume it is i'm it, not uh, sure they either. have cemetery requests i think in new westminster so yes. i think it's probably but what i what excites me about this and this is sort of speaking to what ben was talking about is i feel like if there's anything that defines our generation, maybe I should just speak for myself, my generation is a kind of divorcing from the process of things. How does our food get on our plate? 
you know, is there anyone in this world who knows from start to finish how to put a cell phone together? And I think even just in this, <laughs> so trying to figure out how to work the cell phone. <laughs> even just in this example, just a quick admin response that says assign this issue to Parks. Um, it signifies a little bit to the citizen. How does this all work? Right. What does the process actually look like? Which I didn't know that that was the case, and I think that's that's illuminating and kind of cool. I had, a, I had a similar experience. I love that. That's a that's a great way to think about it. And um, as a person who is always fascinated by the way things worked, I, maybe it was you, Kathy, who who had this interaction with me the other day. I'm not sure, but uh, we have a historic town green here in New Haven, as the listeners know. And the railings occasionally get hit by motor vehicle city buses uh, uh, come in contact with them and uh, replacing those railings apparently is not easy and someone maybe maybe you or one of the other users explained that the reason it's taking a while to replace these railings is because a mold has to actually be cast for the existing oh, railing and so make you get a little insight accurate, into the right? process of historical yeah. restoration on the green right it's not just patching a pothole and before we say goodbye do we have any more news from new westminster or is things every hunky dory there? I don't know. Well, let's see. Here looks like some garbage and recycling uh -oh. issue. Recycling again. This seems to be the I theme. I know. I know. It looks like so. This is on uh, 1026 Fourth Avenue. Uh, mattresses in plastic bag. Um, are plastic bags that big to hold a mattress? Dumped behind green and white building on Augusta Street. When was that posted? That was posted uh, on the fifth. Okay, so that was a week ago. And what's happened since? Looks like, again, a few sort of exchange back and forth. New Westminster admin assigned this issue to um, New Westminster operations, and then they assigned it to the New Westminster bylaws. And then there was What's a, this bylaws thing? Why does someone call himself bylaws? Thing. It must be the zoning code enforcement, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that's their version of code Just different language. Different they countries. speak Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what, what happens? Oh, the and this is, this is great. So a similar thing happened... Uh, the bylaws said an order has been sent to the property owner and it was closed and the individual who reported the issue um, because they kind of understood a little bit more about the process said thank you. So um, New Westminster great. is safe for mattresses. Absolutely. New Haven will soon be safe for left turns <laughs> and legitimate existing turns when the sensors don't work. And um, I just want to thank you for joining us today on the C-ClickFix radio on Dateline New Haven. Thanks to uh, Kathy Hurley and Ethan Hutchings from the city of New Haven. Keep up that good work on C-Click Fix. And thanks to Caroline Smith and Ben Berkowitz from C-Click Fix on bringing us the news. And um, thanks as always to the producers of today's program, Aaliyah Swaby is behind the controls here. Good job, Aaliyah, with the help of Lucy Gelman, our station manager. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic Experience performing Eliyahu Hanavi from the group's 2002 CD. This is the Afro-Semitic Experience. And they were also the group playing Sente, He's an On-Time God from the 2005 release, Plea for Peace, from the same group. We're going to try to figure out while well, some discussion about whether we want to have that music playing in the background or not when we do the um, news reports. I got some definite thumbs downs there from the production booth, and we'll talk a little more about it. And this is Paul Bass wishing you a day full of sight, clicks, and fabulous fixes. Cozy up with us here all day and all night at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio, for more local talk and music.